What's going on? Welcome to KZ1023's Community Beat, a new podcast hosted by myself, Ross Martinez. Each episode, we take a deep dive look into members of our community, the accomplishments, the trauma, the mentors, all of it. I hope this brings light to all the great things going on in our community. Yes, at times, it may be difficult to hear, and some episodes will have some spicy language, but please don't be deterred. There's so much beauty in our stories. All right. Let's get to KZ's Community Beat. Thank you for listening. But that moment taught me, like, how I felt when my dad was, you know, not, I won't say not there, but just wasn't present. And it was just like, oh, dang. Like, I see how intent can be uh, misunderstood. Mike check, Mike check. What's going on? Welcome into another episode of the KZ Community Beat. I'm your host, Ross Martinez. This week, I got Marcella Somerville in the hot seat, president and CEO of Friendship House, play basketball here local courts overseas we'll get to that but first let's start with this what was like one of the biggest challenges you had to overcome growing up man um just in life in general or just like younger years college years what would you say has been your biggest challenge so far um personal challenge personal challenge i like to start with the big questions yeah i see <laughs> um uh, I mean, I guess finding finding purpose um, after losing um, my first son and then also my, losing my mom. She passed at 50, 52. My condolences. We're, uh, what, 16 years apart. So, um, yeah, just being close with her and then finding, you know, finding true purpose behind those two uh, tragedies that happened. In, in my eyes, was 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 difficult. It was probably my darkest darkest moments. Um, but yet, still trying to find uh, you know reasons to be strong and you know be there for for everybody else. Honestly, yeah, we were talking off mic about how being men of color and dealing with mental health is is something that was kind of. Like I, I tell the joke all the time. When I told my parents I went to therapy, I rather had the sex talk with them than listen <laughs> to about hey, this was going on in my mind. Yeah. So how did you process everything? Like how I, was that for you? I, after losing my son in my sophomore year in college with my wife Brooke, um, I had to go to therapy. Um, there was there was there was nothing else to be said uh, in terms of of course um, I tapped into my faith. Um, at that time, and then, um, you know, my doc, my, not doctor, but my coach recommended a doctor, and he was like, I think you should, you know, see the campus uh, psychiatrist and, you know, therapists and things like that, and I'm just, you know, like, what? No. It's hard, I'm, like, yeah, and I'll he was seeing off. things that I didn't necessarily identify, you know what I mean, in terms of aggression on the court, <laughs> uh, Elbowing and hitting teammates, things like, like that. You know, just actions apart. Yeah, and just like you know, like you know, my wife even alluded to that he had made a phone call to her and just was like, "Hey, is everything all right with Cell at home?" And you know, I thought it was just you know, I was just hooping and you know, just upset a little bit. But um, after speaking with the doctor, it was it was a lot. It was a lot to un, un, unpack there in terms of. You know, childhood, way I was, you know, way in which I was raised, which I felt like was normal for every kid, right? Um, but at the same time, um, just some hidden uh, things that I was, you know, built up about. And, 
mm. unveiling some of that wasn't great either, I thought, like at the time. But I think it opened me up more to be um, conversational about it, be more vulnerable about it. And uh, ultimately, I still carry some of that vulnerability in my everyday life, even though I'm, you know, people identify me as one of the strongest people they know. I've heard a lot of great things about you, man. Yeah. Like, I was telling you as we came up, Hetty had a lot of great things to talk about you. And she always said you're a really good person. You got mm-hmm. a big heart. You've been through things, but you got a big heart. Yeah. How have you protected that heart through everything? I don't know that I have, honestly. You know what I mean? I just, like, uh, you know, I open it to everyone. You know, I always try to see the good in everybody. Um, has that become challenging throughout the years? Yeah, yeah. Especially in, in, in the world in which... I work today is, uh, you know, it's really challenging because everybody's got a story. Everybody's got, you know, sob stories and good stories, but they always bring them to you in terms of what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, whether they're true or not, you just got to open open your mind and your heart to see the to see the value in what they're saying and then, you know, try to help them out. Mm. So let's 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 talk about your life story, right? Born and raised Peoria? Yeah, born and raised Peoria. What's born at OSF. Oh! <laughs> yeah. So you, the local, local kid. <laughs> yeah. Local I heard uh, when we first reached out to you, you were getting your jersey hung. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. Uh, a few of my teammates and coaches and, you know, whole staff and everyone was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, nice. we, we were a team that was fortunate enough to make it pretty far in the NCAA tournament. And uh, reached the Sweet 16, so they were honoring us that night. Yep. So take us through basketball, man. How'd you find it? Um, kind of my I would say my my dad. You know, he was a player, so he w- he was always around it. And then he would take me over to Morgan Square Park, kind of where he grew up at, um, down on the north end, North Valley end of town. Um, and I just liked it. You know, it was it was something. And then Jordan hit the hit the TV and it was like <laughs> showtime and you know I love I love that um so I always as a kid before I even really was playing basketball was like I'm going to play I'm going to play in a league I'm gonna, I'm going to play there you know so as a kid just dreaming and uh, you know it it took it basketball's been man been so good to me yeah uh in terms of what I've been able to do for myself and for others really through the game so what did uh, you feel you when you were on the court like you're in the moment. Uh, I mean, I feel I feel appreciated. I, I actually, you know, really? in terms of like you know, you work hard when nobody's watching. You work hard, uh, you know, in the gym hours and hours and hours, and then on that Saturday or that you know Friday night, um, you just feel appreciated when you go out there and give your best effort. And not everybody appreciates it, right? But uh, you feel you feel valued in what you bring to the team, and you know leadership and stuff like that. So, so growing up, who were some people that were really big role models to you? Um, I would say my grandfather. Uh, he was a big, big role model for me. Um, man of God. Uh, he was a reverend um, down here. Uh, I forget the name of the church, uh, but with a uh, Pastor uh, Davis, um, and uh, he was he was everything to our family. You know, he was that guy that was the glue. Everybody came to talk to uh, Papa when you know when 
when uh when they were dealing with stuff, you know, all he was just a guy. Everybody came to him. He was like the bank. He was everything, you know. <laughs> so he was like the community figure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He was the, he was the guy. Um, I would say also say my my mother, um, even though she dealt with her her demons and her challenges, uh, she was she was probably the strongest woman I know. Right. Yeah. Um, just a little backstory. She she was uh, she was a. Uh, Attic of her choice um, and things like that, and uh, I remember when I had my second son, and my sister had her first daughter, and you know she wanted to see the kids, and we wouldn't let them see her like that, right? And she was like, "Well, I'm gonna get clean, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that," and lo and behold, she cold turkey just got clean on her own. Wow! And uh, it was the strongest thing I ever seen, and it was like incredible to to see and experience seeing and she did it for her grandkids and that that was dope indirectly she did for you too yeah to me too but i just i just feel like she she just yeah she was dope for that she was seriously so what did that feel you with like seeing her and just you tell her like hey i don't want them to see you like this was it more protecting her image for them yeah that and just you know just just protective of them right in in a sense and just like uh you know hoping that she could someday beat this and she did and she was able to beat it and um, my wife says all the time like she she didn't want to date me because when we were dating didn't want to date me because I didn't introduce her to my mom at first because I was didn't want her to see what I have known the scene and things like that but again um she she was by far the strongest woman, and then my dad, he showed me how to you know work hard. Uh, I moved with him when I was uh, twelve years old. Um, you know he would come pick me up periodically. Uh, you know from eleven, I mean from the age of twelve and under, and I would see him sometimes. You know, but when I was twelve, he decided to take me in and you know teach me how to be a young man. And you know I pre- he's one of my heroes too. So what are some uh, lessons he taught you how to be a man? Because uh, there's a lot to teach you. Yeah, there's, there's a lot, Young right? Boy, a, you got a lot to learn. There's a lot to unfold there. And there was a, you know, those were the teenage years. So there was some, some pushback there. Yeah. Um, some rebellion. Yeah. So, I mean, not a lot in terms of just being, you know, ornery or anything like that. Just just being young and silly, you know. Um, Trying to figure out who your identity is. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he, he taught me a lot, man, just the value of, of, of showing up every day and working hard. Um, consistency. Consistency. He was a custodian for the district, and now today he's one of the head individuals in the uh, district under the custodian uh, nice. realm and management realm and maintenance realm. So just just consistency, right, and then just you know being there. Um, and I and I believe he wanted to be there. It just you know he was trying to find himself too. So there's no fault there. It's just you know life. Isn't that interesting? Like we don't realize until we become parents. Not that I am, but I've been told this from my best friend, other people close to me. You don't really understand that your parents are learning on the fly. Yeah. Do you feel that also with your kids when you start having them? And yeah, you, you, it's older? like it's like you have a sense of of grace for way they raise you right my dad like I said my mom was 16 my dad was 17 so they were young they were uh, children they were kids like 
you know, my dad was <laughs> he that wasn't part of probably his plan. You know what I mean? And as an individual, and he, you know, he was like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a kid. I'm gonna hang out. I'm do my thing. So grandma and grandpa, you know, pretty much, you know, helped my mom raise me and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it it does bring a different perspective when after you have kids and you like, all right, because I remember being faced with that situation when I was playing overseas, and my son, who was. 11, 12 at that time, 12, 13, I think 12. Yeah, 12. And um, I had to go overseas and play uh, just to, you know, make ends and uh, have a situation for us that we had just bought a home. And I was, and my wife had just started a new job here in the state. So she wanted to stay and pursue that. And mm-hmm. so I was just like, man, I, I should take this. And then I left and he would. He didn't understand. He was like, "No, nah, like, why can't you stay here? Like, you know what I mean?" So, yeah, he just wanted that, and it was like, you know what I'm saying. So, but that moment taught me like how I felt when my dad was, you know, not, I won't say not there, but just wasn't present, and it was just like, oh dang, like, I see how intent can be uh, misunderstood. Ain't that crazy? Like, you're getting pulled two ways. You're getting pulled with something that you're extremely passionate about, something yeah. that you devoted a good chunk of your life to that you know you saw MJ playing <laughs> you got on the court we'll talk about your basketball in a bit but you have this aspect to you mm-hmm. Marcellus then you have the father like how how was that dealing with that mentally well it was it was it was tough honestly and and I probably bent more on the side of being the athlete father you know what I mean at that time because I was still I wasn't young but I still was pretty much in my prime in terms of being productive and so I did and then I saw the impact after I made my decision right just uh, of what it had on my son like how he was being rebellious he was talking back to mom just you know going through his teenage years as well and just like oh dang okay I'm missing out all right, it's time to make a decision on, you know, whether how we do this, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so made a decision, and I ultimately retired in 2019, um, half of the year, middle of the year, uh, just because of dealing with those back-and-forth challenges. Yeah. And, all right, do I want to continue to finish out this contract, or do I want to really um, be intent on what I'm doing every day with my family, my kids? Or am I going to continue to, you know, flirt with the aspect of being a pro? Man, so how was that, though, like, emotionally? <laughs> this is it was, it's a big decision, man. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I left, I left some bread on the, on the table, too, <laughs> in terms of that. But, I mean, God has a plan, and he had a purpose for me. Um, so when I did, let's say, jump, and I jumped, and, um, uh, you know, I didn't know where I was going to land, Honestly, but I was going to be with my family and my wife and my kids. And, you know, we had just moved back to Peoria. So um, being with her parents and my parent, my, with my dad at the time and uh, just my sister and brothers. I mean, it's just uh, that's true wealth, man. That's true. Family. That's true. Uh, you know, that's the joy of life. Yeah. Was it hard afterwards coming back and not being in the life? Having that dedication day in, day out. Like, yeah, you have your family. And that, not to dismiss that at all. Right, right. But it was an axe with you that you just let go. Yeah, right. Um, How hard was but that transition? I was, I, I've been keen on not just being an athlete. Especially especially after stopping 
playing ball and retiring and things like that. Excuse me, but it's like we we really are like as as young men, we are more than what quote unquote society sees us as. You know what I mean? And I w- I was really big on on that. Um, you know, so I was trying to find my way in what profession was next. I didn't know what career was next. Right? I didn't want to just take a job because I mean I just didn't. I wanted to see what. What I would identify as something I'm passionate about, something I care about, um, and how I can shape it to make it a career. So what was the next step after that? Um, honestly, I started to um, train kids, um, started to help them develop. Um, I started a Next Generation Academy, which is a basketball academy um, here uh, that we work out year-round. Uh, we do uh, some travel ball now. Actually, we just adopted that two and a half years ago um, but where we train and help kids we mentor them through the game of basketball and just talking about aspects of life and how uh, circumstances can hit you and how to have the mental uh, ability agility to you know push through and how to identify when you're in those situations mm-hmm. um, just stuff like that and then um, it was successful we were doing well uh, especially um, during the pandemic, so we found different ways to, you know, train without touching one another. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's intriguing because with basketball, there's yeah, it's a physicality, so. physical sport. So we did a lot of skill development outside, uh, hmm. in, a, in in your local parks. So big ups to the park district, and um, you know, we did some things like that. So it was kind of kind of dope, different. You know what I mean? Um, and then uh, you know, I've always been a guy that. Uh, loves his community so I was doing some things involving that and I've been doing that since 2014 uh, with my wife um, so uh, when when uh, position at uh, Friendship House came available it just made sense to apply and you know went through that process and uh, it, was a, it was a truly a blessing to be chosen because I hadn't had actual experience um, as as the CEO of a uh, nonprofit, but uh, grateful that they believed in me and you know yeah. that they saw something that I saw in myself in terms of the ability to bring a team of individuals that cares about a organization together and then put forth. You know what I mean? It's just like I, I hate to say it, but sports teaches us so much. And There's a lot of metaphors in sports. Yeah, man. And then you know. Just, just it's just about how you view and how you see it. But the the team we have at the Friendship House is second to none. And even though we're a small organization, we're doing impactful stuff. Let's talk about Friendship House, man. So, what are some things you guys do there? Um, we do a lot of outreach, a ton of outreach in terms of uh, families, youth, uh, seniors. Um, so we do screens for health. Uh, we have a La Familia program that we. Uh, help implement uh, citizenship with those individuals. Hey, yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we also uh, have ESL for those individuals as well and a whole slew of um, different resources and programs for them. And then we have uh, our after-school program, which is probably one of our biggest programs and one of our most uh, sought-after and rich programs uh, where we're teaching kids 
through English, um, I mean, sorry, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Um, and then we added S at the end for service because we want to teach the kids, uh, you know, it's okay to give back and things like that and how to do that and how to impact your community even though you're, you know, really young and you still can have some some influence there. So um, we do it through that. Then we have several different camps that we try to help parents. It's just a full service. Oh, man. One-stop it's, it's shop. Huh? A one-stop shop. You got the pantry that's probably been our longest program. Um, just this year alone, by the end of the year, we'll have given out 84,000 meals uh, to the families in the community. Um, that number again? Yeah, 84,000 meals um, to the community. And it's just, you know, and we do that through our partnerships to uh, CityLink. We have a program called Stuff a Bus that we do once a year. I heard about this. Yeah, and uh, it was just we just finished the 35th year. We raised 12.47 tons. So lots of food um, that we amazing. take in and that we're dishing out, so or distributing out. Do you so. have you stopped to look back at your life and been like, these are the pivotal moments in my life or my career that have led me to where I am now? I do and I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my coach's favorite quotes was, um, you know, when you get a big win or you get a win, it only lasts till midnight. <laughs> next yeah. day you got to get up and get back at it right because mm-hmm. someone's always chasing you and so I kind of carry that with me I, people tell me all the time I should celebrate more in terms of what I've been able to accomplish but it's, it's just a you know just keep it moving yeah why yeah. celebrate what you're supposed to be doing yeah facts mm. so let's talk about early childhood here in Peoria yeah. I was born and raised OSF. <laughs> OSF. You, Shout you, out to OSF. You're a local kid from town. <laughs> what do you remember being a young kid here? Um, I remember, I mean, a lot of fun with cousins, honestly. You know, I mean, we grew up close, spending the night at aunties and uncles' houses. Um, do remember um, jumping around schools, honestly. Um, living on... Grandpa's couch or auntie's couch, stuff like that. Um, I, I went to, I want to say, five or six grade schools uh, before the age of 12. You jumped around. So, yeah, jumping around. Um, yeah, man, uh, you know. Street lights come on, you got to get inside. Street lights come on, got to be inside stuff. <laughs> I remember my grandfather um, putting up a, a basketball rim for me. You know what I mean? We lived on First Street at the time. I went to Roosevelt, and so he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna put your rim up." You know, I got my ball taken a couple times, <laughs> so he was like, "I'm gonna put y'all up a rim in the backyard." So, I mean, I to me, like I said before, I, it felt regular. It felt like every kid in Peoria was going through the same stuff I was going through. I'm the oldest of four. Um, and I would watch my siblings, one on one, work third shift. You know what I mean? At the age of seven, eight, I'd be at home alone with them all night. Had to put them on the bus, feed them breakfast. Just, just what I felt and thought everybody was doing. Honestly. At what point did you realize it's not what everybody was doing? When I moved (laughs) with my dad. Yeah. And it was like, oh, or when I started to go visit him more on the weekends, it was like, oh. Oh, damn, all they're doing is dishes. <laughs> oh, man, they got a pantry full of cereal. Okay, this is different. This is a little different. So is that when you, like, realized what the world was like? I mean, I just realized that, okay, 
and and I and I say this not in a selfish way, but when I realize it's like, okay, I can want that too, you know. I can want different. I can want different than what I've been doing, you know. I don't gotta be the one to have all the uh shoulder all the responsibility when it comes to my siblings and, you know, be the man of the house. I could be a kid oh. over here, you know. And so it was like It's like a little I, escape kind of. Yeah, it was a little bit like that and um and it it was hard for my my siblings it was hard for my mom uh when i did uh run away from home and and, and decide to go live with my dad but it was it was something that i felt was needed right it was needed and ultimately i always thought in my head i could always come back and give more once i am able to attain more in terms of knowledge in terms of uh you know financial gain i've always thought like that so transplanting yourself from one situation to another opens your perspective. Yep. So time with Pops. And that kept on happening for me because huh. um, through the game of basketball, you, you're introduced to a lot of people. Um, I play travel basketball with the Illinois Warriors, and we, they were stationed in Chicago. And, um, I mean, I remember my first trip going to play with Darius Miles, playing with Quinn Richardson, playing with uh, – Dennis Gates, Jarence Howard, I mean, Joey Rank, all these guys you you know you know names, <laughs> names yeah. right? And I was just the freshman playing on their team, sitting the bench, happy to sit the bench, honestly. Just learning. But learning um, and, you know, meeting people and then having opportunities to stay a night w- with a host family and just seeing the, the mansions and just, you know, what they, oh man, I want this too. It's like a culture shock. Yeah, it was like, serious. Yeah, what I, I've been missing out. So just in terms of some of that, just learning, and uh, you know, making friends, and just like man, I, I, I'm blessed to be able to, like I said, play the game and been able to see a lot uh, in terms of bringing it back to Peoria. So, what are some big memories you got from playing? <sighs> some Huge. ones that stick out. Uh, Nike camp. Um, was there with Yao Ming, was there with, like, all the big Carmelo, not Carmelo, sorry, um, Karan Butler. You hang out with Karan Butler? All these guys, man, just hooping in high school. And the who's who's of, you know, basketball. And How'd you keep a level head? Just... (laughs) Um, I don't know. You got to ask my coach that at the time. I probably didn't have a level head at that time. Because um, that's no, a lot, man. When it is a lot, man. Like, you see these cats on TV. Yeah, now, yeah. I mean, you know, you always feel like, man, I'm just as good as those guys. I'm just as, you know, so just being in the same space and place as them was was really dope, uh, really cool. So, And I was able to do that for two years. And then, you know, like I said, basketball is taking me – a lot of places. I hadn't left outside of Illinois until basketball. Like, I went to Disney World my first time ever because of basketball and showed out. <laughs> was like, all right, <laughs> it's time to play. Like, you in Disney. And just like I said, it, take, it took me a lot of places. So man. every opportunity you got, did you feel like you had to elevate the game as you got to that next level? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I yeah. I want to go back. We're here. I want to go up. Yeah, yeah. Always trying to, in your mind, be better than you were the day before and um you know my high school coach was a big influence on that um uh, credit shout out to coach Bisher. <laughs> he was Let's talk uh, about coach Bisher, he man. was he was super super 
super awesome, man. He was just he had so much knowledge and he saw so much in us, right? And uh, he 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 brought every bit of it out of us. Um, when I say that, I mean like your character, um, your ability to play the game. Um, he he just saw things that you didn't see in yourself um, at that point in time, and he he taught me how to tie a tie. Uh, you know, I taught him how to change a tire. <laughs> um, like me and that, me and Hamid, uh, my, one of my teammates. But uh, yeah, super super cool um, to be able to. Man, I'm fortunate, man. I can't even sit here and say nothing else. But you've been blessed. You yeah, life. been blessed, man. Been blessed. Do you feel like that's why you put the blessings back onto the community? Yeah, I mean, rightfully so, right? Um, it's 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 our duty, our 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 responsibility when we know more to share more and when we you know when we've been blessed through opportunity it's only right to give those that um are thriving and wanting those opportunities give them the opportunities too who instilled that into you it's it's probably not one person uh collection of people collection of people my wife is big in that um her parents are big in that um coach um, several I mean it's just a pops. collection of people pops sex collection of people man mm-hmm. just uh, even today uh, the Hedy Elliott's of the world um, the J- Jahan Gordon Booth of the world um, David Booth Derek Booth of the world um, just a whole slew of people man that you know have inspired me uh, to continue to push and like we like we said when I first walked in there's some days where that are challenging right there's mm-hmm. some serious days that are but you find hope in in those 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 individuals that want and want those opportunities so you're in the community you're helping out right mm-hmm. how have you seen the community change or evolve since you were a kid Ooh, that's a loaded one. Uh, Whatever you want to get. I mean, man. just just in terms of it, just feels different today. I mean, so. You know, in terms of the level of um, the level of respect, I would say, just in terms of some of the some of the kids that that because I was one of those kids, and maybe we were disrespectful too. But uh, I don't, I don't, I didn't feel like it was this way. You know what I mean? Some of these kids. Every other word is a curse word, or, you know. Just just the level of disrespect it just seems like it's heightened. Um, so, um, yeah, I would say I would say that. But but I mean, somebody told me uh, that Socrates said that back then the kids were disrespectful too, and then you know that was back then. So so I guess with time. It, it doesn't matter the time. We all have been there, been disrespectful. Yeah, different and, and, lenses. Yeah, different lenses, right? Now we're the adults. Yeah, now we're the adults, and we're like, man, these dudes are crazy, wilding out and doing crazy stuff. But, um, yeah, I ch- just try to help change some of the mindset of these individuals that we serve uh, in terms of um, when I encounter with them, when I'm talking to them, when I hear them being disrespectful. You know, most people probably just brush it off their shoulder, whereas I always be like, hey, chill. Like, yeah, right. you, yeah like, and then they look at me crazy. <laughs> uh, then I stand up and then they, they calm down. <laughs> you tall. I see that. <laughs> what position no. did you play? Uh, small forward, power forward. You look like a power forward, man. You yeah. built. 
Yeah, I packed on a couple pounds since some basketball <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, I can't judge, brother. I'm husky for a reason. <laughs> husky for a reason. But, man, that's interesting, though. I mean, everything you've been through, things you're talking about, the people that impacted you, it's you got to wonder, man. God had a plan for you. Yeah, man. God had a plan for me. And you like, like you walking in light? I'm, I'm walking it, right? Every day is a walk <laughs> in terms of just making sure that we're always approaching the right mind space and what we're trying to do and being intense, intentional about it. So, um, yeah, God God is providing for me and providing for my family, and he's allowing me to provide for others. You do a lot of good, but you see a lot of bad. Yeah. How do you handle that? It's challenging, man. Uh, there's no... There's no easy way to explain it. Um, it's just, I, I say it all the time, I've been blessed with the the mindset to see and, and hear, you know, and understand, but yet uh, be calm, uh, you know, be be tranquille, as they say in tranquilo? French. Tranquilo? Yeah, hey. in, in French. Uh, they say tranquille. Uh, and just be calm and uh, be able to, relax people when I do speak to them, when I do see them, and, you know, if they're high in anxiety or, you know, if they need to pick me up, being able to lift them. Uh, but, yeah, I've been blessed, man. Do you have any, uh, like, really nice success stories that you've seen that you have out in this community where you're like, you felt good about it afterwards? I mean, I think I do. I got like I told you, I don't, I don't highlight, but at the same time, I like to give you the opportunity uh, to highlight. Cause you know uh, what? A lot of people that do a lot of good sometimes don't like to talk about the good. Yeah, but I feel like those are good stories to hear. Yeah, um, a gentleman by the name—I won't even say his name—but he was struggling with cancer. Um, he was able to identify that he had cancer through some screenings that we do at the Friendship House, and. Um, to be able to help him overcome. Uh, and he's still fighting his battle. He's still fighting it. But to hear him say that Friendship House and the staff that helps him uh, manage everything he's dealing with and give him purpose to come there every day, uh, that's dope, man. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's one, right? But that's 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 one of the ultimate ones that you know, has brung tears to my eyes in terms of just hearing, you know, that if not for Friendship House, he would not have known that he had uh, cancer. He would not have known that he was experiencing. He was just felt like sick, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then being able to translate for him um, at the hospitals, you know, through some services that we have um, is super dope. Man. Yep. You ever get a chance to, uh, like, sit down with your pops and talk about all this? Like who we are now, thank him. No, not not a lot. I probably and that I don't have a lot of regrets, but that's probably one that I I probably should do more of. Um, he's always busy. I'm always busy, and we always throwing that at each other. And we yeah. play phone tag or text tag a lot, you know, or buzz each other a lot, but uh, not enough uh, in person uh, conversation and love. I started doing that more with my parents. Hmm. Like I'm, I'm from Chicago. I live in Peoria now. I'll, phone calls with my dad are funny. Yeah. They're, they're either five minutes or ten. Yep. Nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> What's up, Pop? How you doing? Oh, good. What you doing? Nothing. How you feeling? Good. What you doing? I'm just going to eat. All right, man. Take care. Bye. <laughs> Call my mom's five hours. Like, it's just yeah. long conversations. Yeah. 
I yeah, my dad is good. probably the same way. We we pick up where we left off. We laugh, you know, stuff like that. But it's so, gotta be. It's gotta. As like I had a conversation with my pops not too long ago about the career and where I've been, what I've done, and to hear him say he's proud of me. Ooh, that's. Yeah. yeah has your that, pops ever told you that? Yeah, he's told me that a couple times. Yeah. What was the first time you remember him telling you that? Probably when I got my scholarship offer uh, to go to uh, University of Iowa. He was, do that, man. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he was pretty excited for me. How did you feel hearing all that? I was. I was. I was good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just roll with it, like all right. <laughs> you seeing that's kind of my person. I was good yeah, with it. I mean, you seem to take life on the chin. It is what it yeah, is. Yeah, it is what it is, man. I was cool. Uh, it was fun though. I mean, being one of the first in my family to receive something like that, you know, was pretty awesome. Uh, it's crazy how you don't forget that you're the first. And you know, and you you're always trying to set the bar for the family and stuff like that. So, oh, you're the first one to go to college. First one to graduate college and go to college. Yep, that's a lot, man. Yeah, yeah. Was that added stress to you at all, or you just think my freshman year? Yes, <laughs> because I don't know if I was quite ready. I was uh, in academically ineligible, not ineligible, but on the verge of being ineligible. Um, you know, so just uh, once you like, all right. Stop playing games. Let's let's get focused. And you know, I did end up doing better my second semester. But um, yeah, it was a uh, was dope, man. To being able to be the one of the first from the family to be able to graduate. Yeah. And uh, you know, I got yeah. Yeah, I'm the first male. My on my dad's side to do it. Okay, that's, that's crazy, dope. man. Yeah. First generation. Yeah. First one to college. I mean, my sister made it before me, but I'm like, whatever. Yeah. I don't count it. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't counting her. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's you making history on that, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, you how many kids you have now? I got four. Yep. Four, man. Yep. Four four babies. <laughs> they not babies, babies, but they're big. Yeah. And what hopes you have for them? <laughs> that's, yeah, a, that's a beautiful family, man. Oh, thanks, man. So, how much joy are you taking seeing them living? A lot, man. A More than lot. being on the court. Yes. Yep. For sure. I truly. Uh, my son's being recruited now. Uh, he has twelve offers from. Twelve uh, offers. Yeah, he's, he's big time. Man, all right. Yeah. You said it with a nice little. Smoke. I say that. I say that. To you, but not to him. <laughs> you know, I'm always like, hey, you got more work to do. You know? Keep him humble. So keep him humble. He's a humble kid, but keep him humble. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he's got an opportunity, man, Play uh, play college ball. And, you know, his goal is to play for pay, so he want to play professionally someday. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And then my daughter, she's a, she's a stud in her own – uh, sport like she likes volleyball and basketball, um, so she's pretty good. Got a she's sport family, huh? Yeah, wife wife played uh, Division One basketball too. Uh, she went to Eastern Michigan and then transferred to uh, Illinois State. So she's got genes in the family, huh? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool, man. Like if you think about it, in life you made a sacrifice for family. Now it's kind of coming full circle. Yeah, yeah, everything. That's crazy. Coming, yeah, everything's about, coming man. full circle. And so just always trying to, like, me and the wife always harping on, you know, what we've experienced through the game and how it's, you know, transformed our lives and helped us, you know, be able to do things. And I think they ultimately see that because 
uh, you know, they were overseas with me too for, I played 14 and a half years. So they were over there 13 uh, of those years, 13 and a half of those overseas years. Overseas for yeah. 13 years. Yeah. Take me through that living experience, man. Cause that had to be an entire different, like yeah. shock. Yeah. I, I was my first job was in uh Paksh, Hungary. Um, and about four hours, three and a half from Budapest. And so, Total shock coming from Peoria, Illinois. Coming from Peoria, hungry. Illinois to <laughs> to Hungary, and yeah. it was like complete shock. Uh, I mean, town. I think we had around nineteen hundred people lived there, and so small town. But yeah, it was uh, complete shock. But basketball was universal. You know, basketball is universal. So that was my that was my uh, safe place and I can hoop and even though I didn't understand half of the stuff coach was saying and <laughs> players were saying I was like alright put the ball in the hole and keep <laughs> you it moving you know what passing lane is and how to yeah, <laughs> yeah keep it moving <laughs> what are so, some things you learned overseas though I uh, learned how to say thank you in several different languages <laughs> and uh, you know how to order food and mm. uh, learn how to uh, learn how to communicate really honestly mm. I say that because, I mean, I was, I still am sometimes. I'm much of an introvert uh, than an extrovert. But at the same time, living over there, you're forced to speak. You're forced to communicate uh, what you want and what you don't want and what you need and what you don't need. And um, I was forced to do that in some countries where uh, they didn't really speak much English or it was broken and, you know, there could be serious barriers there when you're talking about, you know, playing the game and talking about living and what you need in your apartment, what you don't, things like that, or your house. Um, so I was forced to communicate a lot more than I, I wanted to originally. <laughs> but um, Is there certain things you learned over there that you brought back and now that you do at uh, Friendship House, right? Yeah. Um, eh, not, not really. I mean, of course um, – I do it some in in the camps I run, you know, little untraditional of the American style. Um, I really appreciated the the basketball style of play over there. And I try to, I mean, I feel like the United States are moving more to that since they've seen it be successful with the Warriors. Because the Warriors play a European style of offense. So what is that? Which is just spread... You know, lots of screens, lots of uh, DHOs, dribble hands, off, dribble handoffs, a lot of you know, uh, indirection plays where they shooting a lot. Um, you know, layups and threes are king, <laughs> and just you know, a lot of a lot of uh, transparency there with a uh, way in the style of basketball. So I try to teach that way um, because that's that's where basketball has moved to. It has yeah. evolved a lot since yeah. the Jordan era. Yeah, and you just positionless, see. right, in yeah. terms of uh, the big guys are skilled. Some of them shoot too many threes still, but well, they're yeah. skilled. You got power fours dropping from the key right now. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, so, you know, you got the point forwards like Dr- Draymond over there. And I was pretty – I want to say I was point forward because I wasn't passing as much as Draymond. But, you know, just being in those positions where you're like the uh, general on the floor, where you're like the point forward – now, do you remember when the game actually evolved here in the States? Because it changed. I remember we were pounding to the paint. Yeah. Boards. Paint, boards, paint, boards. Yeah. Take it to the hole. I would say the year, I don't know if I could pinpoint it, but I would say probably the year that the 
Mavericks won. Right? I think that was 08. I think it was 08, 9-10. Maybe 9-10, yeah. 9-10. But when Dirk won it. Yeah, right? It seemed like the game had shifted once they seen it be successful with Dirk in the way he plays, right? Yeah. And, like, the style of, like, perimeter-oriented big, moving in and out, pick and roll, pick and pops. And it just seemed like it kind of has flow to it. Yeah, flowed into what it is today, which is, you know, everybody's doing the trying to give their version of what the Warriors does. <laughs> everybody <laughs> trying to pop up from half court like, yeah. come on. Yeah, everybody trying to get a version of what it is. But I you, feel like it, it made a big shift then. Um, and, of course, with with the with the Heat, because Brown was playing some four, you know, and he's been predominantly, a, you know, the ball handler a lot when he was with the Cavs then. And yeah. then he moved to, like, the three, four point forward, they used to say. He's evolved a lot. And, yeah, so I would say – I would say that year, 20, 2010, maybe. Do you miss what the game used to be? Um, I don't know. I like it the way it is, honestly. Yeah? Yeah, it's... It's, uh, it's a quick pace. Quick pace. It's a, To me, it's a lot funner for everyone, whereas before you had just point and five, right? And then or four, like Carmelo and uh, Stockton. They had, you always had your two-man combo where you had to have one big one small and they would just run pick and roll and everybody else would Kobe eat Shaq. off of that yeah Kobe yeah. Shaq but I feel like now it's uh it's a lot more skill in terms of the players and uh you know everybody's everybody's got an opportunity um now with the way the offense moves and you know swings once the ball gets swung you got a shot or a drive right away whereas it was like you were a three you stay in that corner you do this you do that it was a little bit more traditional um, so three out you, two yeah. I think you know the question I'm going to ask you because I'm going to ask any person that's been in the game. <laughs> what? You know. Jordan. Oh. LeBron. Kobe. Oh. In what order? And you want the order? Yeah, I can give me your order, brother. My order? My order is Jordan. I ain't got to think about it. Kobe and Bron. That's my order. That's a good order, man. That's my order. I, I love I love Jordan's what he brought to the court. And you know what he was able to accomplish in his time. I think Kobe, man, Kobe, I think Kobe was a is different animal. Different animal. He was Jordan Point, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, he was, you know, he was different too because of his his approach and his preparation. Like Kobe's, Kobe's my probably my favorite. I would put Kobe before Jordan, but it just don't feel right to you do can't. that, <laughs> right? But I love Kobe. Um, I get a lot of inspiration from him uh, in terms of what he was able to do on the court as well as off the court and how he just, you know. His <laughs> he had his foundation that he was doing before he passed away. Yeah. And then yeah. he was helping with youth and uh, what's yeah. it called? Um, yeah. Uh, I forgot the name of his foundation. Yeah. Uh, but he also had that. Yeah. He, he it's just kind of similar he, to what you're doing. Yeah. Just, helping kids out. Just, just his, his savviness to, you know, remove himself from hoops to you know the professional world and become you know the CEO of his like you said his academy and you know his his giving efforts to the young ladies that he was coaching and you know the inspiration he was giving to all of us as ex-athletes and athletes um, I just think that Kobe's 
Kobe's dope. No. Did you watch that Redeem Team on, on Netflix? Yeah, Redeem Team. Yeah. Where they're talking about yeah, the US yeah. Olympics. So I started it. Ethic? I started oh it with God. my son. My son's down in Atlanta, Georgia, going mm-hmm. to school. And so we started it, and we haven't finished it yet. So uh, I haven't completed it yet. But I watched probably like 25 minutes of it so far. So Oh, uh, you probably hit the point where uh, – Kobe goes right at what's his name? Paul Gasol. Yeah, yeah, I did see that part. That's wild. When you think yeah. about, it. he's like he ain't, he ain't my brother today. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's how it is. And then Bron, I think Bron is Bron is super dope. Like what Bron is socially, doing, what he's doing, what man. Bron is doing in terms of um, basketball alone, he 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 good, right? I mean, to me, he he chasing. <laughs> he trying to be the best of all time, which I don't know if he he will in my eyes ever be. But at the same time, he's a really, 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 really good basketball player. And but on the other side, he is the ultimate community man. Um, yeah, you know, um, he's always jumping in front of causes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love that man. Yeah, he uh, he's strategic though, but he he always does. But yeah, he. Uh, he dope though. He dope from that aspect. So, I would definitely go Jordan, Kobe. Are there any up and coming guys that you feel are like gonna elevate the game, take it to the next level, become the next three? I don't know. I don't know. It's so hard to tell, man. To project out like that. Um, yeah, it's so hard to tell and project out. All right. Um, but they, they got the young boy from uh, from France. Right now, hmm. I forget how you pronounce his name, but uh, he projected to be the number one pick next year. Uh, he playing in Paris, Lavalois. Uh, I forget his name, but I gotta check that one out. Yeah, he's like seven foot, doing crazy stuff with the ball. <laughs> seven footer going crazy. Going crazy. All right, yeah. now the game's about to elevate. Yeah, um, all right, I almost got you on the hour. So, Marcel's before we head out, let me ask you, man. When everything's said and done. What do you want the community to remember you as? Um, hmm. That I was consistent. Um, I was consistently there um, for 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 them uh, in terms of the people we serve. Um, I don't know. I, I ain't. I ain't never thought about it really like that. Just, you know, always thinking, of course, you want to be remembered in a positive light. And you want to make sure that um, that your impact is felt beyond, you know, beyond what you have imagined. Um, and so I guess I think like that. Um, yeah, just I don't know if I could put it in a couple words, but. Give you something just, to think about. <laughs> yeah. Just, just that, you because know, I had a young man, uh, what, a, about a year ago say, man, I'm going to take your job. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Please. You know what I mean? That's, that's, <clears throat> he's a young man that's in our program, but it's like, yeah, that's, that's what I'm here for, right? I'm here for you to be inspired to someday stand here and be the CEO of Pure French Box. That's, that's why I'm here. Like, that's, that's that inspires me to, you know, mentor you. That inspires me to, you know, pour into you of what it's like on a daily, and show me the hunger. Yeah, and I'll give you the tools. Yeah, that type of deal. And so, um, yeah, man. Yep. 
Well, the only way to do that is through consistency. That's right. All right. That's this has right. been another episode of the KZ Community Beat. I'm your host, Ross Martinez. My guest this week, Marcel Somerville, CEO of Peoria Friendship Office Christian Services. If anybody wants to get involved with you, how can they contact you? Um, they can contact me at the office, which the number is 309-671-5208. Or you can contact me through email, CEO at friendship.house. All right, my man. Thanks for coming out this week, man. No doubt. All right, go back, listen to all the episodes. If not, um, we can't be friends. All right, bye.